Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. listening to more than a season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real authentic behind the scenes look at what the support system experiences, but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Hey, welcome back. Hi, we have a special guest here for all of our listeners. You know that we love to venture into the baseball world. And so we are back and ready for another new episode. And we are going to turn it on over to her to let her introduce herself. Hi, guys. My name is Sylvana Britton. I... uh, I'm from Sarasota, Florida. Originally, I'm from Venezuela, but I've lived here my whole life. So this is basically my home. I am a dental assistant currently. I am married to Buck Britton. He is the AA manager for the Orioles. So yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So we always like to go backwards and talk about how you got into this journey, into the sports world. So how did you guys meet? Tell us your experience from the beginning of this baseball journey. So we met when he was still playing for the Orioles. I was working at the resort where the team was staying at the time. And we kind of hung out and, you know, hit it off and we're long distance for a while. So it was pretty intense, but it was awesome. He has changed my life. (laughs) I think that is so crazy. Every time we ask people where they meet, it's always just such a random story because most of the time, unless you were starting dating in high school or college, you don't really just randomly meet a baseball player. So I do want to go into the beginning. So when he is telling you, Hey, I play baseball, you know, it's just this casual thing. Y'all are dating. And then it became long distance and it became a little more serious. Were you like, holy cow, what is going on? So when I met him, I didn't know anything about baseball. I knew nothing about the sport or like how big it was or anything. I wasn't really like too much into sports at the time. So when I met him, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, like that's your job. That's cool. And so he was in Sarasota where I'm from for about a month. So we hung out that whole month and we decided that, you know, we like each other and we want to try to continue to have a relationship, you know, wherever he's at, wherever I'm at. And yeah, honestly, I didn't know how they leave for like months at a time. I I knew nothing about that. It was just something that I kind of was like, okay, like, let's see, you know, let's see how this works out. And if it's something that I can do, then great. If not, you know, then I know for future reference, but he uh, ended up going to the Dominican after he left here, Sarasota, and he was in the Dominican for about a month. So uh, that was tough because, you know, we were already long distance because he lived in Texas and I went to visit him in the Dominican. It was really cute. He actually asked my mom for permission to bring me to the Dominican. It was really sweet. I mean, you know, we were in our mid-20s and he was messaging my mom, asking her like if it would be okay if I came to the Dominican and visited him. 
So it was really sweet. And then when he came back, we had already kind of solidified our relationship. And, you know, that's when I kind of started seeing how the season works. He ended up going to the Dodgers. And that's, I believe, two to three hour difference, depending on, you know, if he's in Arizona or whatever. So that was tough. But, you know, we did it. Yeah, that's crazy. Like even the Dominican, like that's far. Like that's a that's long distance. It was wild. So when you guys like started to be like, okay, yeah, this is like what we're gonna do. We're gonna move forward. Did you move in with him or what did you guys do to like take that next step? At first, you know, it was like it was okay being long distance because, you know, I had my job and I like had my thing that I was doing and I've always been like pretty independent. I like to do my own thing. Obviously, he's always been really independent because of his career, and it's kind of something that he has to be able to do. So uh, when he ended up signing with the Dodgers, he was in AAA, and I decided, you know, it was a good idea to go move to Oklahoma City to kind of see, you know, how things are and whatever. And, you know, it was fun. It was one of the best times of my life, honestly. You know, you have to make sacrifices and I didn't get to see my friends. I wasn't able to be around my family a lot and that was tough, but it really helped us solidify our relationship. First off, I lived in Oklahoma City for a while. So anytime I hear that, I'm like, oh, it's probably at one of those games. (laughs) (laughs) But I do want to say, I think that it's good that you said, you know, it was tough, you know, with not being around family and friends. So when you started moving to all these different places, was there something that you adapted for yourself in order to have friends and to feel like you had a community? Was there anything that you did that you figured out like, hey, I've got to go, you know, find a group of people or, you know, it's going to be a little bit lonely. So I basically just tried to be around, you know, all the wives and girlfriends. We try to find like things in common that we liked. A lot of us, I remember, like to go work out or, you know, just come over to each other's apartments and make food. And it just took a lot of adapting. So there comes a point where you're just like, okay, like I'm here and I can either choose to, you know, kind of be alone the whole time he's gone at the field or I can, you know, try something new. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of just getting to know the girls and, you know, adapting to situations and being really open-minded. I feel like, especially in the baseball world, we always talk about that. Like they're gone for so long on these like away game series. And, you know, these stints can be like a couple weeks at a time and you're left there to, especially if you move there and you don't have a job or you don't have that something that is taking up your time. So we definitely understand like being able to find people and find common interests is important for that. Yeah. When he transitioned from like a player to a coach, how has that transition been? So it was tough. I mean, it's, it's still the same in a sense because baseball is baseball. So they're still all gone at the same time. They're all gone for the same time. In that sense, it doesn't really change much. But I guess it just changes with him being so young. And it's kind of hard because I want to continue to have those relationships with the girls. But sometimes it's like, I guess I don't really want to say like looked down upon by other people, but in a sense, you know, because they're like, oh, well, like that's his coach. And it's like, yeah, but we're all like the same age. So that's been, I think, one of the hardest things where 
I just relate so much to the other girls. We have so much in common. We're all, you know, new moms, newly married, you know, young. And it's been kind of hard to make it so that it's the same. I guess that's just, that's probably been the hardest part. Yeah, I think that's an interesting transition that we don't touch on enough because it is such a hard thing going from being a player and having that set routine and then you having all these friendships and then all of a sudden there's this fine line of like, okay, this is a staff member, a coach, and there's, you don't want to say superiority, but there is kind of like that respect of like, you have to be able to be that coach figurehead, even though you're the same age, that is very difficult. And so I didn't even think about it that way that you would have to kind of switch mindsets and roles in a sense. But Mm -hmm. it's interesting, like that whole element of having to find friendships now in a different pool, but all be involved in the same organization. So I could see how that would be hard to keep up with. So with members on the staff, do you move as much as you would as a player? Is there still that much of a transition between? We just don't know, or I personally don't know. I don't want to speak for Brittany, how that works. Do you stay longer since, or is it kind of still hopping around? So he's only been coaching for like three years, I think. And it's it's been pretty steady. So do you feel like that kind of itch to move after every single season or you feel like, oh, I kind of like being in the same place. It's kind of nice. So there's something reassuring about staying in the same place. You know, most people don't like change and change is not always bad, but it's not always great either. You know, it's been nice to be able to stay in one place. Um, Last year, we actually were going to go live with him during the season, but then COVID happened and we decided to stay back. So I do kind of miss, you know, like getting up, going, like finding new places. I'm very adventurous. I love like exploring and that part's been hard. And honestly, I don't know how it's going to be with all the regulations now, everything that's going on, all the rules, it's going to make it a lot harder for me to, you know, be able to be around and keep the families together and be able to go out and explore and be that adventurous person. It's definitely been hard with COVID. We've heard that a lot from people like not being able to go to games and things Mm -hmm. like that and all the different regulations. Are you guys living together now currently or do you have like a home base and then you kind of travel back and forth? Last year was going to be our first year as a family living together. So before last year, I lived with him like I said, uh, in Oklahoma City. And then I kind of decided like, I wasn't following my dreams necessarily. So I decided to come back. And we were, you know, still long distance, I'd still go visit him every month. And, you know, we were married, we lived together and everything, but it was still like a long distance marriage. But then, you know, last year, we decided we were going to keep the family together. You know, we have a little one year old. And then everything happened and we weren't able to do that. So I decided to go back to school and, you know, continue my, my career. And now he's not going to be, you know, able to really be with us during the season just because of all of the regulations. And it's hard when you have a little kid because you have to constantly entertain them. You have to constantly take them out, you know, and, and that's just not something that's going to be feasible during the season. And that's why I think we decided to just kind of stay back this year, let him do his own thing. And hopefully 
things are better in the next, you know, couple months. And by next year, we'd be able to go with him. So where are you currently right now with your little one? Where, where are y'all at? What state? We're in Florida. Oh, Florida. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I know you said that you were originally from there, but I didn't know that you had found your home base at Florida. Well, that's not a oh, too yeah. bad of a place to be stationed. But No, <laughs> honestly, it's great. He's from California originally, but he lived in Texas the past couple of years. And when we were getting married, we were deciding on where we wanted to live. And we both were like, Florida, duh, you know, like there's no place like here, honestly. And we live like right by the beach and this is all I've known and, and I can't complain and I get really cold easily. So this is a really good place for me. Yeah. I think that the more that we dive into baseball world that we have found, there's so much peace in having that home base, just because that's something that is consistent that you can have your kiddos. And then, you know, you know, that that is home and that will be home no matter where baseball takes you. And so I think that's wonderful that you have that. And even for you and your own personal self, not even just for your kiddo. So I think that's great, but I want to talk about your career a little bit because that is not an easy career. I think that that takes a lot of school and that's a lot of patience. So dive into your world. Let's talk about your career. So like I said, I went back to school last year and I decided I wanted to pursue. I mean, I've always wanted to be in the healthcare field. It's just always something that's been, you know, special to me. And it was a two-year program that I did in eight months. And you know, I graduated, I did my externship and honestly, it's a very difficult job. You almost have to be in a place where, you know, you can separate your emotions from your patient's emotions and you have to be there to help them and you have to be there to, you know, make them better. It's a lot. And, you know, working side by side with a doctor, you almost feel like the exhaustion that they feel, you know, because some of these procedures are like, hours long. And it's amazing. I love helping people. I love being able to see someone's transformation. There's nothing like, you know, holding someone's hand through something traumatic. You know, a lot of people are terrified of the dentist more than I ever knew before I started this career and being there for them and, you know, supporting them, holding their hand, just being that person that they can feel safe with at such a, like a scary time is that really meaningful to me. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. I feel like, you know, anyone that's in healthcare, they hold a special place in my heart because it's definitely being on the other side of things like surgeries and things like that. It is scary. And having someone that is that comforting person is really important in any kind of thing that you go through. So that's awesome what you do, but you sound super busy. So how are you making time for yourself with going to school that much and having a one-year-old and, you know, going to visit your husband? Like, how do you make time for like just some you time? You know, a lot of people feel guilty when they take time for themselves. You know, it's like, it, it's, there's a stigma behind it. It's like, oh, well, but for me, I feel like I have to take time for myself in order to be the best version I can to the people around me. So I have my mom here who helps me a lot. She, you know, has changed around her work schedule just so that, you know, I could leave Giselle with her whenever I need some time or so when, so I can go to work, you know, so my husband can go to the field. So honestly, like without my mom, I wouldn't be able to do it. 
and you almost have to be a little bit selfish to be able to do it, you know, to take that time for yourself. Because if you don't pour into yourself, you can't pour into other people. There's a lot when you become a mom and when you're a wife, most of the time you have to be, you know, the backbone, you have to be the person who takes care of the kid, you know, especially in baseball, like you just basically do it all on your own. And if you don't take that time for yourself to rebuild yourself and regroup yourself and strengthen yourself, then it's kind of setting you up for failure. Yeah, I think that's a good point to make because there is this weird stigma that like when you try to do things for yourself, you feel this guilt, which I don't know where we got that as women that that comes from. Because, you know, when you take time for yourself, I think that there is also this other, you know, expectation of like, if you take more than an hour, it's like too much time. Like if you go to the gym for an hour, like that's you time. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you can, whatever works. I feel like whatever time you need. So I think that is so interesting that us as women, like even I don't have kids, but sometimes I do feel that guilt of like, I'm asking to do all these things for myself personally. And you know, it shouldn't be that way. I don't think that it should be that way at all. And so I'm glad that you have figured that out of how to, claim that time just because we all deserve it. So I do want to know with your relationship and traveling and all those things for you and your husband through all these seasons that y'all have been in, what is something that has made y'all strong? I mean, what do you do to keep your marriage successful like that? Well, for one thing, we're really nice to each other. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's huge. We FaceTime as much as we can. You know, we have a routine. I think routines are really important when you live in such a crazy world. He calls me in the morning on my way to work. I call him on my lunch break, you know, and then he texts me, you know, when he's going to the game, we FaceTime before he goes to bed. So it's always like we're looking forward to talking to each other and having that routine makes the other person know like, hey, like I'm thinking of you and I'm really excited to talk to you and like, I can't wait. We really just try to have as much communication as possible, you know. I think that's one of the biggest things, especially living so far away. A lot of the time, you don't get to communicate. And that's one of the biggest downfalls in relationship when there is no communication or there is miscommunication. But, you know, we try to make sure that we stick to our routine and we look forward to it. We look forward to, you know, our conversations, our FaceTimes, our texts. And anytime we think about each other, we just send each other a message. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I love the idea of a routine, too. I feel like especially in the sports world, like they can get wrapped up so easily with what they're doing that sometimes it becomes like, oh, I forgot to text them. But if you have a set like, okay, every single time, you know, he's always going to text me before his game or whatever, like that makes it a little bit more like second nature and it becomes habitual. You look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So with your routine, how does that look in the off season? Because I'm always so interested in like, you basically are a solo parent, like during season, you know, he's like you said, he's always gone and doing things and you have to do a lot of the stuff by yourself. When he comes home, is it hard for you guys to like get back into a real routine of like being together and now having a kid and having to like be the dad figure in this? (laughs) So yeah, honestly, every time he leaves, it takes getting used to. Every time he comes home, it takes getting used to. It's like when he comes home, I have all this extra help, 
but he's not necessarily used to our daughter and like everything because he's kind of just been doing his own thing, you know, in his hotel and getting picked up after. <laughs> so when he comes home, it's like, okay, like I have to retrain him in a sense, like, okay, like this is what we do at home. He's awesome, but it definitely takes some adjusting every year. Like there's no switch when he comes home. It's, it's just, you know, it takes a couple of days, a couple of weeks sometimes to get back into our routine to where, you know, we're not just by ourselves and we're not just doing our own thing. Now we're doing things together. We're doing things as a family and being alone, it takes getting used to also, but once you're in that routine, it gets easier. You know, the first couple of weeks are always the hardest. Once you're in that routine, you're good. Everything's great. And then he comes home and it, you have to kind of start all over. And this time, you know, with your husband and, you know, as a family with your baby and stuff. So we always love to ask that question just because we think that, you know, dad comes home and it's like fun time and like no rules <laughs> and we stay up and we do whatever. And so, and then mom is over here like, okay, no, we have a tight ship that we run around here. Yeah, <laughs> like that is exactly. not how it works. But right. I do think that's so wonderful that you phrase it that way, just because there isn't a switch. Like that is such a big transition to have someone come in and out of your life. And I mean that in a positive note, just saying like, you have to constantly switch your routine um, due to timing. But I do want to ask, um, and if you don't mind sharing, like when you were getting ready to, you know, become a mom and y'all were having that conversation, did y'all talk about like the moving and all that going on behind the scenes that you would have to be doing and taking care of while he's working? Or did y'all just kind of go with the flow and you're like, well, we'll make it work no matter what? Yeah, honestly, that's kind of how we've always been. We make it work no matter what. Like, I do what I have to do for our family and he knows that and he appreciates that. And I love having us together. I love being able to be together and, you know, spend as much time together as we can. So I just kind of go with the flow. I'm like, okay, like what's next, you know? Oh, we're going here. Okay. Like I'll pack up, I'll get us ready. I'll go with the baby. Like when my daughter was born, you know, he was home for about a week and then he was gone, you know, until she was two months old. And then at three months old, he left again to go to the Dominican. And I knew like, I wanted to keep my family together. And, you know, he was like, all right, well then come to the Dominican. So I went to another country with a four month old and a ton of luggage and we made it, you know, and it was tough, but I just know that it's part of it. Like that's part of this life that I agreed to and that I married to. So I try not to complain. <laughs> you know, sometimes it gets hard, but it's what I want to do and it's what I love. Yeah, I feel like baseball wives are like a rare breed of people that just are one of those like you just have to go with the flow and you're just like here one minute and there the next and like you guys definitely take the cake for like moving and packing and doing all these things. Do you have any tips that you could share with traveling with a four-month-old for any of our mamas out there? Honestly, try not to do it alone if you can. It's a lot of work, you know, and also depending on, on your kid, you know, my, my child is like over the top, you know, all like needed constant stimulation, you know, and I'm over here like, okay, like, you know, I have 10 things in my hands, I have a baby, I have all my stuff. So it, it's tough, but you know, you can do it. You're a strong woman. Like you can do it. You can do anything. 
and just prepare for it. Definitely have everything you need, you know, make your lists, check out like blogs of people who travel, you know, try to look up just anything, any tips and tricks that you can. For me at the time, I didn't really research anything. I'm kind of that type of person that would just like up and go and like whatever happens, happens. And it works out for me because like I try not to stress too much and and I don't get like much anxiety over it. So for me, like I know it's going to work out. So I try not to worry about it. Girl, I wish I had that mentality. I need some of that. I was like, I was listening to that and I was like, I would be so stressed out. There's no way I could do what you do. (laughs) Like if you tell me tomorrow, like tomorrow morning, we got to go. I'd be like, all right, let's do it. we'll figure it out you know we'll figure it out as we go we always do don't we that's true I feel like you do always figure it out it's sometimes stressful and once you put more pressure on it that's what makes it even more stressful that's what I've realized once you try to plan every detail out it doesn't work out the way that you want it to and then you're stressed so good advice good advice Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know the planner in me I need to get better at that because I do it never works out the way that you think and then you sit there and you're like why did I put all this energy into something that just you know ended the way that it did but I do want to ask you've been to a bunch of games there's some crazy baseball fans and we know that people are die hard and we thought football was bad. And then we have learned about baseball and these fans. So do you have any stories that you're like, I can't even believe that I witnessed this. Honestly, there are so many, I guess the ones that stick out most to me was like I was saying, we were in the Dominican and my husband was the manager of the team. So that's a big responsibility, you know, they are like diehard baseball fans, like you would not believe. And it was kind of scary, you know, sometimes when the team is losing, you know, and you just hear all these comments and all these things and, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is actually terrifying. You know, you just kind of have to block it out and be like, okay, like I'm not going to listen because I speak Spanish. So I could understand a lot of like the stuff that was being said and it takes a lot like not to say anything. My gosh, that's the best though. You could hear everything that they were saying. I feel like that. I mean, I don't know. I'd want to know what beast. (laughs) I'd be like, I want to listen. So that's pretty cool that you could figure that out. Not that you were hearing all those things, but that's pretty neat. Yeah, I do think that sometimes fans, we talk about this, they forget who they're surrounded by and what people they're sitting with. So people kind of lose it a little bit. I get being diehard, but sometimes you're like, okay, baseball's got like what? How many games? I just think that sometimes we forget that. But if you could go back and tell your younger self something when you were just fresh into this lifestyle, what is something that you would share with your younger self? So one of the things that I would probably tell myself is just to not expect anything. Don't expect anything and be prepared for everything. Man, that should be trademarked. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like that's it. That's all you need to say. That's it. Mic drop and you're done. (laughs) Literally, it's true. Like, just also, you know, don't forget to follow your dreams. I think, you know, when I when I first came into the baseball world, I didn't know any other baseball wives. I didn't know any other baseball girlfriends. I was brand new to it. And, you know, I didn't have anybody to tell me like, hey, don't forget about yourself. You know, you can still support your significant other while chasing your dreams. And I think that's something that people forget. They might feel like 
in order to be more supportive, they have to be there all the time. And, you know, they have to put their dreams and careers on pause. And, you know, while that may work for some people, you know, I don't want anybody to ever feel like that's the only way to make their relationship work. You really have to be happy with yourself in order to have a happy relationship. Yeah, that's so important. And we really appreciate you being honest and open and inspiring people to follow their dreams because I think we definitely forget as we're supporting these people that we also have our own dreams and we can still follow them even if we have kids or we seem like we're too busy, we can still follow our own dreams. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season underscore Women's Guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.